Blog Talk Radio. Simulcast across the country on Blog Talk Radio. Later, B4360, this is Fanatic Radio, America's premier sports music program. Special draft day episode for the NBA. I'm your host, Mike Gardner, and join with me is our multi-sport expert and the MC of today's special episode, the notorious Ben Florence. Back in the saddle again, Flo. There is not a day off here on Fanatic Radio, and we've got some interesting basketball. Let's talk some b-balls. <laughs> That's right, man. I really love that audio clip. And uh, yeah, it's it's we've got the NBA draft going off tomorrow night. And you know what's interesting about this NBA draft is, in a way, it's the opposite of last year because everyone knew going to last year's draft that the draft was awful, and everyone knows that this year's draft is a really deep class, like which we haven't seen in a few years. And, like, and I mean, a really deep class and very strong at the top as well. But it's also a little similar to last year in that nobody seems to know what the hell anybody's doing. Of course, the conversation will start with the Cleveland Cavaliers, who inexplicably won the lottery again and now have the chance to either finally get, make a pick right or do something ridiculous and shock everybody like they did last year. It seems yeah, whatever, that, happened to, whatever happened to Anthony Bennett? He's still on the team. Uh, he was still absolutely awful last year. He played okay down the stretch, but still a terrible pick by any and all uh, expectations. Although I think I think there's a chance he could turn out to be a decent NBA player. Who knows? But looking at he, looking at B Flow three sixty grading the 2013 NBA draft a year later, a lot of the guys yeah. in the top five haven't really done anything or were on teams that. We're good, but we never saw them on the court. Otto Porter hardly played. Alex Lynn had some injuries. The only true player I'm looking at from the draft that contributed to, a, a, I mean, obviously not a good team, but contributed a lot was 9, nine 10, and 11. 9, 10, 9 through 12, actually, if Trey Burke was on the, the Jazz. Our good friend C.J. McCollum from the Patriot League who had some sparing minutes. Then Michael Carter-Williams and Steven Adams. Do you feel like the draft this year flow will be – Sort of the same, where a lot of the steals will go sort of later in the first round. Well, I think you're going to find in this draft class, even if guys fall, I don't think they're really going to be a reach. And I'm actually going to disagree with you on C.J. McCollum because, yes, he was hurt a lot last year. But when he played, he really wasn't very good. Now, I know we're automatically going to love him because, A, he's been a guest on the show, and, B, he's a Patriot League, and you and I both love the Patriot League more than anything. But I think, with this, I think with this draft, it is such a strong draft that really uh, you could see some guys going higher than expected, but maybe not a reach. We may not see somebody like, you know, like say, Utah, for example, at five, pick somebody that would go with, like, 20 or something. 
I don't think we're going to see any sort of breaches, but what I do think is that there could be also, because it is a strong class, a couple guys that surprise, maybe slip down a little bit, and then become really good steals. But again, this is a very good draft class, and really, it also, it really starts off at the top, where you have what was thought to be a big three of uh, Andrew Wiggins, Joel Embiid, and Jabari Parker. Every, Joel Embiid was going to be the first pick until last Thursday and Friday when it turned out he had a broken foot, had a stress fracture, likely he's not going to play this year. Now it seems that, then it seems that Cleveland was shifting because for them it was going to be really tough for them. I could still see, I could still justify taking Joel Embiid number one. But I think it's really hard to make that case when this is such a strong class at the top. So then it'll look like Jabari Parker may slide and be that guy, despite the fact that Parker, not a great fit for that roster, and apparently really wants to go to Milwaukee. And then Parker had an awful workout. A lot of people think he may have tanked it with Cleveland a few days ago. And now nobody seems to know what they're doing. They seem to be maybe a little torn uh, between uh, Andrew Wiggins, Parker, you hear some people say maybe the Australian teenager Dante Exum could get in the mix. I would be stunned if that happened. But, you know, I can see a justification. Or they may try and trade out. And there could be some teams looking to move up for uh, moving to move up, looking to move up for Parker, like Utah. They can move up for uh, Wiggins, Philadelphia, uh, move up for somebody else. So this draft is really going to be wide open, and Cleveland, after stunning everybody last year, has to ch- will be setting the stage. And it looks like, again, they may be playing their cards close to the best. I do think, ultimately, they're going to go with Wiggins. I think if they stay at one, I do think it will be hard for them to pass up Wiggins. I think Wiggins, I think, A, he's got a higher ceiling than Parker. B, he's a much better fit for that roster and that team. So right. I think ultimately Wiggins would be the top guy. So, yeah, it's interesting because look at some size-wise uh, in terms of, of, of a diverse player. Jawari Parker's a cut, a cut of the rest, especially for Wiggins, considering he almost reminds me of Kevin Durant uh, in terms of his size because he doesn't have a lot of meat on his bones. But he's interesting for uh, Cleveland Cavaliers. They already pretty much have guard set with I think Daniel Gibson's still there and Kyrie Irving and mm-hmm. you, you wish that MB was healthy because he's sort of a big man that Cleveland needs but with Wiggins uh, I don't think he was I mean people say he wasn't that good in college well because under Bill Self he was playing very very team oriented Bill Self wouldn't let him go off and score absolutely you know 40 a night if he could so in terms of reach, definitely agree with you on that, the fact that Wiggins has much more long-term potential in terms of raw talent to grow. Because it's Jafari Parker. Apparently Coach K was saying that he originally was hurt his senior year in high school, hence why he sort of took his senior year uh, at Simeon e- a little easier before playing his year at Duke. Uh, any other potentials in the top five, uh, according to your mock draft flow, that could really make some noise. Is Dante Exum as good as people say he is? The thing that's hard to say about Exum, as really is often hard to say about these foreign guys, 
we really haven't seen them that much. In the in Chad Ford has talked about us on the Bill Simmons, uh, the BS report on Olbermann. He said that really a lot of these GMs have seen Exum play once. Uh, Scouts have seen him play a couple times. He's at the Nike Hoop Summit, the, the World Championships. I think in Prague, that was really, I believe, the World Championships are in Prague. Or something else was in Prague. But Exum, because of how the Australian system is, he really hasn't played so since graduating high school in December. So it's been about a half year, so nobody really knows because they haven't really seen as much as, of course, the college kids. That's why sometimes the foreign guys, of course, we don't know, we don't know what they're going to be because we haven't seen them nearly as much as we've seen, you know, college players. I actually like Exum a lot. He thinks he's a point guard. I think he's going to be more of a shooting guard. You've heard some people compare him. I don't know if he's athletic as this guy. You've heard some people compare him to a young Kobe Bryant, Ooh. which is pretty. I don't know if he's on that athletic standard. He's a very athletic kid. He's very talented. A lot of raw talent. And apparently, although all these players really shine in their workouts or you watch their videos, but the way he can shoot, definitely how he can get the basket. I think he can be a player. I think he's – I think – and I got the, the new mock coming out uh, tonight. I think Exum will go three. I think the really big question – that's going to shape out a lot of this draft is what happens with Joel Embiid. Initially, I'm thinking he's probably not going to follow the top three, um, probably go to Philly. Now, I don't know if Philly wants to take a second straight center for a year that's basically not going to play that first year. And I think Do they have that, a – Noel's with the 76ers, right? Absolutely. And I think that they maybe want to get the asset of Exum instead. Then you go to four. Orlando, I think, it appears they may be a little hesitant going with Embiid. Um, I, th- I can really see Embiid going, going to Orlando, but some, uh, some people, the Orlando organization, not sold about having a waiting year for a guy. And they maybe want to go for somebody like Noah Vonley, uh, uh, stretch four from Indiana, or Marcus Smart from o- o- Oklahoma State. But I think that, and then you go to five, I can see them be going there. They love, they like Aaron Gordon a lot. They love Vonley. So, and they, of course, would love Parker because that just is a natural uh, connection, the Mormon connection, if you will. But I uh, think that Joel Embiid, I would be really, really stunned if he fell past Boston. Boston uh, is, it would be a classic Danny Age kind of pick, waiting for a guy uh, that slips a little and then uh, potentially due to injury concerns and takes him. I would be very surprised. And I think probably that's where I think MB may go. But Bill Simmons made this point. Boston's got a very strong medical staff, and the Danny Age respects their opinion greatly to where if they say, He's, it was his injury issues, you know, he had the back, now the broken foot. Now people are wondering about the bone density, which I'm not necessarily certain what that means. I'm, I'm no doctor, but I'm nor my doctor still. But I really would be surprised if Embiid fell past six. But I think Embiid really is going to be, like, everyone's talking about Exum being kind of a mystery guy, and I think he definitely is. But I think Embiid now, because he's, he was set to go number one. His workouts have been tremendous. 
Uh, he was fantastic at Kansas. Got a great, great attitude. Great kid, smart kid too. But he's only and here's but here's the problem that teams can definitely see. He's only been playing basketball for like three or four years. So the learning curve is already going to be relatively high, no matter how talented he is. Now you're delaying that learning curve another year already. So it's it's going to be a questionable part. I'd be again, I'd be really surprised if he falls back six, but he could it could happen. What are your thoughts? Yeah, he, he's a lot of raw talent. He's a big guy and was very dominant for Kansas. It's it's interesting looking at your mock uh, your mock draft fourth edition that. Yeah, a lot of uh, forwards are in your top ten, and I like the scenario you have with the Boston Celtics because there's a lot of uh, the rumor butterflies are floating around, thinking that Kevin Love might go to mm. to uh, to Beantown to play, which would be huge. The fact that Jared Sullinger has been pulling zero weight for <laughs> the Celtics, and like you said with the medical staff, I agree 100. percent I mean, they managed to keep Shaquille O'Neal alive. For however long he was there, that's right. that was a big shamrock. But he was there, so MB would be good. I like your pick of number six with Aaron Gordon. I thought he is someone who is a very NBA-like player, physical, ready to attack the basket. And uh, if, if Rajon Rondo is one, is stay as Brad Stevens had sort of a uh, rocky start to his NBA debut. It was. Uh, all not lost in the fact that the that, that we've talked about on the main show that the East Conference will still be just awful. Uh, scrolling down, who's sort of the biggest guard? With the uh, because a lot of uh, uh, small small guards, uh, including good college players like uh, like Tyler Ennis and uh, Gary Harris, you have sort of in the mid-teens. Yeah, I think that you know you look. This is a very intriguing guard class. Uh, there are a lot of guys I like. Uh, I like Marcus Smart. He he struggles to shoot, but I think he's so. I think he would be a great fit. Uh, I don't know if this will happen, but he will be a great fit. I think for the Los Angeles Lakers, with how competitive Kobe Bryant and how competitive Marcus Smart is. I think you go down. I think Alfred Payton from Louisiana Lafayette is a, a really talented guard that has risen up draft board to where he looks like he probably will be a lottery pick. Um, doesn't have a great shot, but he's tremendous at getting to the, getting to the foot. And think about this: he, as a guard, led uh, the NCAA in uh, free throw attempts, which is a very good stat because that shows that he can get to that, get to the hole, and he can proceed through contact. I like Payton a lot. I think he can be. I think that there are questions about the shot, but I think he'll be a very good defender. That he can get to the rack and distribute well. He's a guy like Gary Harris is an interesting player you brought up. He'll probably be a lottery pick. He's like he's a do it all kind of guy. He's a very solid. He, he defends very well. He's kind of a classic Tom Izzo kind of guard. He's a good shooter, uh, not as good as Nick Stauskas, but he can shoot. And his shooting numbers and scoring numbers were down this past year because he was hurt for much of his uh, final year in East Lansing. I think Stauskas is a guy I like a lot because he is a fantastic shooter, and he knows he can uh, score. And there, there's a lot of room in the NBA now for these three and D guys, kind of like a Mike Miller, if you will. Mike Miller, may have, you know, was able to play a long time and still, still playing, and you saw Miami and LeBron miss them. 
because he's a solid defender, tremendous three-point shooter. I like Stauskas a lot. He could very well be a top-ten guy at that bottom top ten. Uh, was like Charlotte, who really used to scoring as well. Uh, Tyler Reddice is an interesting guy. interesting guy. He's a little raw. Maybe shouldn't have come out as early as he did, but he's, you know, kind of very strong leader. He doesn't have a great shot, but he knows how to make big shots. Solid defender. He'll be a solid player. As well, I think, Shabazz Napier, who is, of course, le- helped lead Connecticut uh, Husky to the national championship just a couple months ago. Uh, you know, he's an older guy than a lot of these rookies. But he is he knows how to take big shots, he's a good leader. Uh he can score, he can shoot uh, pretty well. And it appears that uh the Miami Heat and LeBron James in particular, of course LeBron James now it's his whole brouhaha with this free agency again. But I think that they may try and trade up for to get a Napier because that's the guy that LeBron wants. So it's a very intriguing guard class. And it's a relatively deep club. This is a pretty deep draft all around, except for, naturally, the center position. That position is truly a dime breeze. But there are a lot of really intriguing guards in this draft where you can get a quality player into the 20s. That's right. Mike Gardner of Influence, Snack Radio, NBA draft special. The draft is tomorrow night, less than 24 hours away on ESPN. With, with all the uh, problems and circumstances, I'm wondering who will go number one, who will the Cavaliers try to erase from last year's mistake. <laughs> Flo and Flo's, uh Andrew Wiggins after Embiid uh, currently with some injury questions. Another guy who had some rumors of injury was Julius Randle, who you have mm-hmm. number seven going to the Lakers, one of the guys yeah. that was the, among the uh, AP All-Americans in terms of best players on the floor. Another guy who's also been injury-prone, uh, Adrian Payne from Michigan State, both forwards. And mm-hmm. do you feel like if, you, if, if Flo was the GM of an NBA franchise, would you take a risk of a guy who's had injuries knowing you could trust your medical staff? Um, you know, it's definitely an interesting question, and it also always depends on the guy. The thing about an Adrian Payne is that he's like already like in, the, in like 23 because he played all four years. But he's also a classic. He's a classic stretch for a uh, very good shooter for a big guy. The uh, physical defender, tough defender as well. Can get boards. Uh, I love Randall a lot. He reminds me kind of of that Zach Randall because he's so physical that well, and he's very good. Very stop. Don't mean. The problem, the concern I have about Randall is that but how, what is he going to do in the NBA when he's playing the overpacking, which he was able to do in college because he was very often one of the strongest guys in sport. But can he do that in the NBA? Uh, it definitely will be an interesting question for him, even though I like him a lot. And I would have no qualms if Flo was the GM, usual person, to take him with the top. And, yeah, so very, very uh, interesting couple of players. A lot, I think Randall definitely has a higher ceiling because he's younger than Payne because Payne played all four years. But I think maybe Payne could come in right in, make a difference right away as that kind of uh, 
perimeter player of a four that could also get boards down low, while Randall may ha- have to take get a little used to the NBA game a little bit and strength of NBA players before he really takes it off. Adrian Payne reminds me a lot of Andre Drummond. He's a big guy that can get rebounds. The other thing with Andre Drummond was he can't shoot three like uh, like Payne can. But two interesting stories in the draft. Uh, one is on one, one side of the coin of a guy who went four years. Another is someone who just left college altogether. We always hear of the great scorers in college basketball. And yep. from, from, from recent memory, two of, or one of the two is still playing, although J.J. Redick has had the biggest roundabout way to finally earn a starting spot on Doc Rivers' L.A. Clippers. On the other uh-huh. side, Adam Morrison is a grad assistant for the Gonzaga Bulldogs, so he had his little spell in the NBA. For that, we go to Doug McDermott. Mm. Uh, many are saying he is finally a guy who dominated the college game and has a chance to be a good NBA player because he's so diverse. Well, you have number 12 going to the Magic as a trade from the New York Knicks. Uh-huh. And I think I, think I am – relatively high mature because I think he can exceed in the NBA. Uh, I I get the uh, Adam Morrison comparisons. I think they're I think they're kind of legitimate although Morrison the difference between Morrison and McDermott in my opinion because uh, is that Morrison was really a guy that would that could hang out would only hang out in the perimeter. Didn't really have much of a game getting his own shot and getting to the basket. I think McDermott is certainly a fantastic shooter, but he's also the kind of guy that's very crafty with the ball, and he knows how to get a shot. So I think that McDermott can definitely, I think he can exceed 6 in the NBA. It's going to be very difficult, A, for him, what position is he going to defend, and B, is he going to be much of a defender at all? I think that he's, uh, going to be a, a, a tweener. You're probably going to have to hide him because he's not very athletic, nor is he particularly strong. But I think he's smart enough as a player to at least minimize the amount of the, the liability he gets on the court. I think I would have no problem with taking Morrison, like maybe as early as eight to uh, nine to Charlotte. You know, really needs. Three point, uh, some three point shooting assistance, but I think I think that McDermott, I think he, I I see where people can have a problem in the NBA, but I I relatively like him, and I think he can be a good player at the next level. I don't think he's an all an all star, but I think that his his scoring ability is too good, and Andy's also I think too smart and crafty of a basketball player. I, I think he can succeed at the, in the NBA. He's more than just a cookie-cutter shooter. You know, he's not no Kyle Korver that you're just going to take off the bench to jack up threes. He ain't no, and he's uh-huh. not no Gordon Haywood because he's got a lot more size. But he is also very physical because we have seen him post up and get rebounds when he was at Creighton. And now Creighton mm-hmm. last year when they were in the, big, the new Big East, he took that conference by storm, playing in relatively, you know, Difficult opponents, you know, going up against the Georgetowns and the the Providence who ended up winning the Big East tournament. A lot of good competition, mm-hmm. and I think for me, he's a coachable player. I would say Orlando's the right fit for him. I would like it uh-huh. if 
he went to Charlotte because that's a play, that was a playoff team, and he is just sort of another person to add to play with a guy like Kemba Walker. Or if any other guards like you have Shabazz Napier going to Charlotte, that's a Hornets team that could easily get sort of the 7-6 seed if they get yeah. the right pieces together. And the other side of the coin, as I was mentioning earlier, is UNC P.J. Harrison, who left college in December and then has been living in my neck of the woods, playing with the Texas legends, dominating, scoring 45 points like on the regular. Uh, <laughs> he, did not play the, he did not finish up the college game, which could no. help or hurt him. But he has been playing in the D-League full of guys that have had spitting distance of NBA of NBA experience. P.J. Harrison, mm-hmm. is he a risk for a team to take, or is he a good person waiting for a right team? I think it's definitely – I I think he, he is an example we saw we've seen this with uh, Glenn Rice Jr. last year. And some other guys, you're seeing more guys have issues uh, in college, end up leaving college for whatever the reason, and then going to the NBDL – and I like how the NBDL is becoming a, more of an option because a lot of those guys, they wouldn't really have any other options. The character concerns are definitely going to worry some teams. The whole, the whole thing around Ken and the rental cars and some acquaintances named Fats um, and all that, it's all, the whole bizarre thing that spiraled down at UNC. But with him is that he has a very good score. He can shoot the ball very well. He has to work on his defense, and but uh, I think scoring ability can make him uh, appealing to a team that really that pardon me that really could use some pop off the bench and maybe play a little three ball or a three uh, spot. I think Harrison can succeed in the NBA, and I think that. But I think that definitely that the character thing is going to be something that you have to watch out for. You can't you can't ignore it, no matter how talented a kid is, if he has to end up leaving a program for really whatever reason, uh, whether it's his reason or whatever happened with uh, Gary at um, Michigan. But it's definitely it's definitely, uh, but you know, the way he the way he played with the Texas Legends, which I love that team because it is just a fantastic name. Where do they even play? They're out in um, Frisco. They're, oh yeah. They're playing. They they play in the same arena where the Stars affiliates play. Ah, okay. Uh, it used to be, and, and the co- team is now coached by a former Mavericks legend, Eduardo Nahara. Yeah, I did know that. The great Eduardo Nahara. Tremendous play. <laughs> All right, we're down to our final three minutes. So, uh, f- a few more things. Once again, to recap, that Flo has Andrew Wiggins going number one to the Cleveland Cavaliers. Cavaliers, once again, with the number one overall pick. In terms of teams that would need a good draft class to be possible contenders, who is the team you see making the biggest gains, adding to what they already have? I think uh, it's a it's a good question of try of you get to look at teams trying to get into the playoffs, of teams trying to uh, make a run for the title. The thing about the NBA draft is that so many of these playoff teams, unless they have a pick from somebody else, are picking so far down at the bottom 
that basically they're you know taking risks on guys, they're taking foreign guys to stash overseas, which is what San Antonio always does, and they're probably what they'll do this year. Um, but I think I think for a team, hmm, let me think about this. I, I, a team that I think really can make some move. We brought up Charlotte, and I think if mm-hmm. Charlotte nails their first two picks, they can kind of move into that middle ground, and again, an awful Eastern Conference. But it's an Eastern Conference where you have some room for the mediocre to decent teams like Charlotte was, where Charlotte played pretty well this year, a little over their heads, great coaching job of Steve Clifford, and um, a tremendous uh, year for Al Jefferson. But I think if they they get a shooter, like Skowski, it's maybe a McDermott at four uh, or at nine, and then Nail get, like, another guard later in the draft. I think they can do that. Another team that I think could use in drafting, we almost saw them knock off the Indiana Pacers in the first round of the NBA playoffs is the Atlanta Hawks. They have three first-round picks to work with. Uh, last year, Atlanta took a couple of foreign guys, uh, Lucas Nujira from Brazil, who had a fantastic throw, and they also took um, – now to pick the German point guard Dennis Schroeder, so and they got three first round picks, so they can definitely afford to take some chances. And I think that's a team that is better than the record ended up being, and you know them battling with the great Knicks to get into the playoffs. But I think that they were made worse by the fact that they didn't have Al Horford. But I think they're going to try and get some more. They 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 have the ability to take some risks on some guys and really bring in some talent for a team that's got some intriguing parts and I think a talented young head coach in my boot and hold. So I think like Charlotte, Atlanta, both in that... Uh, ...and the fact that they have multiple picks can really, really make a nice difference in what is an atrocious comp. Yeah, it's true. And, and for my final thing of a team that could really go off the coattails of where they started, for me, it has to be the Chicago Bulls because mm, there's always the risk of what happens if Derrick Rose were to get injured again because it seems like they are there in terms of, domin- of being a contender in the Eastern Conference if they could have a little more help. Also, the Phoenix Suns was probably the seventh seed in the playoffs. Yeah. And then they had uh, Goran Dragic, who was a... Uh, most improved player. So with a young coaching staff, and then they had, uh, I think, Eric Bledsoe was on that team. If they could just find some big men help out Alex Len, or maybe some more guards, they could be a legit threat in the West, considering how Absolutely. stacked it still is. But surprisingly Absolutely. enough, it's the, te- it's the teams that did not take draft picks, which almost made bigger strides by not taking a draft, including uh, my Dallas Mavericks, who uh, announced today that they got Tyson Chandler in, in, a, in Raymond Felton right. in this huge blockbuster trade. And then yeah. also the, uh, our Washington Wizards aren't getting a first-round draft pick because they're already looking forward. That's right. Absolutely. So who knows? But once again, the NBA draft is to, uh, tomorrow night, ESPN. I believe it's uh, just, uh, 7 o'clock Eastern. Tune in to see if B-Flow's NBA mock drafts are to perfection, just like the NFL drafts were. Slow always does. <laughs> uh, dominating the front lines on the grind of the mock drafts. And NBA draft is tomorrow. A. Wiggins possibly going number one. We could see some steals as well. Take a look at what your favorite team is doing. Also, don't forget to tune in to the main show, Snack Radio, this Friday, 4 to 5. Absolutely. Flo and I will break down the draft and also talk some... 
some more NBA trade rumors, including other stuff as we uh, continue to beat the World Cup with a broken stick. That's right. We'll, we'll, be, uh, we'll be looking forward to, to once again tune in to uh, check out this episode, a special NBA draft episode of Fanatic Radio, blogtalkradio.com slash fanaticradio, p4360.com. Also, don't forget to tune in this Friday, 4 to 5, for the notorious Ben Florence and his mock drafts. I'm Mike Gardner saying so long. We'll see you next time. <laughs>